you know, the thing, the thing that God wants more than anything from us is not some kind of moral excellence or achievement. What is it that God wants? Like we heard it just then, that the gift of salvation, the, well, the offer of salvation is given to us and, and, and faith is reaching out and taking hold of that gift. And that's what God desires from us. You know, taking the, the gift that God offers and trusting, um, trusting God with everything that we have. Hey, uh, I've got to say, um, great feedback from, if you were here last week, or maybe at our Barrow Hills campus, really got great feedback about the stories that we heard. Um, we were privileged to hear Luke's, a bit of Luke's story um, last week, and um, lots of great feedback about that. Couple, one person just mentioned, like, oh, we... Like we seem to have set the bar pretty high on stories, Jono, after last week. And I'm like, yeah, that like hearing about the, the amazing work that God had done in, in Luke's life. Um, but I would, uh, I would encourage you, like um, that's something we want to do pretty regularly is share stories. And so please don't ever, um, you know, compare yourself to other people where you're like, oh, my story's nothing like that. Like my story's not that big or amazing or whatever. Like how often is it that we, you know, we think, Oh, our story's not great, but then when someone else hear, hears it, it's just the right time and it encourages someone in just the right way and they're like, oh, no, that's, that's just what I wanted to hear. And so um, I'm going to invite us, like maybe you've got a bit of a story where God has been working in your life. Sorry, did my microphone just go off funny? Okay, let's see what we can do here. Let me... It's not you, it's me. <laughs> All right, we're good now? Okay, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, um, look, there's a couple of things up here on the screen. Like, here's some themes that we're going to touch on um, uh, through the book of Romans. So, like, coming to know and experience God's love, experiencing freedom, finding peace that only God can provide, hope in challenging times, encountering the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you know someone who's got a story that touches, like, God has done something in their life that touches on one of those things, and you can nudge them right now, and like, you've got a story, and they're probably like, no, I don't, like, you know, and it might be even you that you've got, you know, a, a story of the way that God has been working in your life. Love to hear about it, because there might be opportunity that we can share that with everyone. It'd be an encouragement to everyone. So easiest way to do that is if you want to follow that up, just go, just um, flick a message to info at onehope.org.au and um, hopefully we can be encouraged more by, you know, sharing stories of what God uh, is doing amongst our church family. Really simple Bible passage this, for this morning and it's from Romans 4, 5 and it says, people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Because of our faith in God who forgives sinners. The Bible says that at one time or another, we were all far from God, yet God in his grace would see us and give the gift of Jesus for us. And so I want to talk about all that, uh, that, about that today, faith. Our faith uh, individually, but also together as a church family. I found it really interesting talking to people and listening to people particularly over the last little while as they've described um, the things that have changed for them over the last couple of years. And more than just, I guess, the circumstances, actually what, what has been changing within them? And it's been kind of some common themes of there's um, interests that people used to have. Some of those interests have waned and almost dissolved completely. Maybe as I speak, you can identify with one or more of these things. For some, they were enormously passionate about a particular thing, just some maybe uh, weeks, months or years ago, but that passion, that, that fire has dwindled down. 
and in some instances doesn't exist anymore. There's been a reorientation of priorities. For some people, a real growth of conviction, like, oh, we, um, Ellie and I, my wife Ellie and I were at a wedding the other night and um, evening and listening to a person and they just said like, Oh man, like I thought I knew what my life was about, but it just wasn't. And so actually they've reorientated their whole life, their, their priorities, and they've let go of a lot of stuff that was just like, oh, that wasn't good. I was wrapped up in like some cultural stuff that just wasn't any, any good for me. The journey of faith as a follower of Jesus is one where we, where, you know... <laughs> not being absolutely certain of like, you know, what's going on in the world around us. And even at moments where we're not, um, you know, we're not, we, we can also experience like, you know, confusion or uncertainty about what is happening even within us at times. And, you know, for some over the last little while, that's been a real sense of unsettledness. Um, but, you know, in the midst of the kind of, um, you know, those feelings that don't sit maybe comfortably with us, God is continuing to do amazing work in the lives of people that follow him. And I'd like to touch on that today. I heard one person describe, you know, as they went like, I don't, I don't really know what God is doing in me. They actually said like, I know God is in this. Um, I'm just trying to find out where. Like, I know God is in this. I'm just trying to find out where, where he is. I'm sure we, um, we would all know people, or maybe it's even you this, this morning, today, where like Zeph, like this, we're so loaded up with things like our mind goes to like what we can do and then, you know, this gift that God offers us is leave, like kind of unattended or never taken up. And, you know, I think by observation that many of those things that we just were trying, responding to, we're actually able to identify those things. And it's been so heartening to see in the lives of people in our church going like, oh, more than anything else, I just want to grab hold of that gift wholeheartedly. That's the most important thing. Because like I said, we can put our full trust in God, even though we may be uncertain about what he is doing in any given moment. And we can have faith, like the Bible promises, that he is working in our lives for our good, for our good, that he is for us, that he has a plan and a purpose for us, and it continues to unfold by his grace. When I think about, well, sometimes it's a bit like... Um, being back in school, sometimes we get to pick about what we want to talk about in church. And other times our senior pastor, Matt, he tells us what we like. I'd like you to talk on this. And so it's like, I got given faith today. I'm like, actually, one of the first things that came to my mind was the, the great work and, and the new work that God is, is doing in people, in the lives of people, the hearts of people in our church family, like I said. God is doing a work and in spite of whatever circumstances, and look, probably our minds would go straight to COVID and some of the things that we've experienced there. For, for a number of people in our church family, COVID hasn't been the biggest thing the last couple of years. Like the bigger, the bigger thing has been dealing with family dysfunction and trying to model the love of Christ in a family that just seems to be imploding for them. Some of you may have experienced that. And so listening to their heartache of like, I'm doing absolutely everything I can to, to love people and to be gracious. And every day, it's not like people aren't returning that. It's like I'm just getting, like just, none of those things are, are, are coming back to them. Actually, it's, it's 
just anger and hatred coming back to them. For some in our church family, it's been um, immediate family that have been really unwell and, and through times of physical illness where they, like, and particularly are unanswered, like unanswered questions from, from medical professionals. We do not know what is going on here. And so they continue to pray and have others around them that are praying and they're like, God, when are you going to show up? Like it's been really challenging. But amidst of this, faith is continuing to grow. I know that it's faith because faith looks to the future. And when I hear some of these people speak, it's like my circumstances right now aren't the be all and end all. God is doing something and I'm looking for it. And actually, I know it's going to speak into my future. And that's what I've set my attention on. That's what I've set my heart on. And faith recognises that we, you know, as we look to the future, it's only because of God's grace and God's power that we can step into those things that he has for us. And God's power is required to see any vision that we feel like he's put in us fulfilled. And I love it how it just, you know, when you hear someone speak about what God is doing in their life, it, it got, like the tennis match, it bounces back and forth and you find, we find ourselves encouraged as well. Like, oh, if God's doing that in you, like, I wonder what he's doing, what I want to do in me. And it goes back and forth and you, you're encouraged. And sometimes we can do that, can't we? Like I, I saw this show and this, um, they were... It's a really boring topic, I know. Well, I shouldn't offend people. If you're interested in, in antiques, I didn't mean to offend you with that throwaway line, okay? Like, um, anyway, they, they had this, like, this show had this amazing thing of incredible worth, and they like just like, oh, this is so valuable. And to look at it, it was absolutely nothing. And so they had to get this professional in and just start cleaning it. Like, and you know, like, what's your idea of cleaning? I'm not sure what your... Mine is like, let's just give it a crack. Like, what, let's, if that doesn't clean it, let's try something else. And this professional, like, spent months just cleaning away all this stuff until it was absolutely... Like, months on this tiny little thing. But it was like, it had worth under there, but it just had to get the, the grime, had to carefully be removed. And, you know, the... But this, this expert straight away was like, there is value in there. There is value and there is worth in there. And I'm like, oh, that's... Isn't that the gift of faith? That we say, God, you have put worth in us. Sometimes the grime needs to come off, but God, you have offered us the gift of salvation. I want to grab hold of that as, you know, God's continue that work of, you know, buffing, buffing us back and cleaning us. And, and oh, that's because, God, that's the picture that you see. Did, did everyone get a piece of paper and a pen when you came in? Yeah? Okay. If anyone didn't, put your hand up because Colin's up the back. He'll make sure you get a piece of paper. There's a few, Colin, so if you can work your way around there. I think we've got some extra pens and paper. If not, we're going to raid the kids' packs. They're going to be very disappointed. Anyway. I was thinking about this idea of faith, how when, when we put our faith in God, it activates something in us. If we were to do the show of hands, like, you know, when you came to faith, did things change in you? Like, there'd be lots of hands go up. Like, you know... God just cha- began to change things straight away. And more than, more than like personality or uh, talents or interests, like God does something deeper than that in us, like right to the very core of who we are. And we would have all been blessed by someone who has a faith and the way that they've chosen to outwork that faith has blessed us. Like we've been the recipients of other people's faith, yeah? Easy, like all the time. That's part of being uh, part of a church family. It's like they've got a, a sweet, I would just say like a, a faith sweet spot, you know. 
where they, when, they, when they act and the way that they live, it's just like, oh, that is God in action. Like, it's like they're hardwired to do something. I was really interested, interested in just, I, I saw it in a couple of people that I was like, oh, they, like when a particular topic came up or like they would just come alive. Like, just absolute, like just, oh, they had, like they were so passionate about this, this thing. Anyway, it got me kind of started on um, asking that question. Whenever I caught up with, well, I tried to remember, anytime I caught up with someone for a cuppa, I would ask, like, hey, when it comes to your faith, like, what fills your tank? Right, this question, what, what fills your tank? Because I could see, like, people were just coming alive. Like, think about that for yourself. Like, in your faith, what fills your tank? What are the moments that you just feel most, most alive? Uh, it was one particular person, we were sitting down having a cup of tea, and they, they were talking about all the ways that they chose to serve other people. And they'd been part of a church, different churches for a long time, and so they'd done this and like, been on that committee and served in the kids' men and all this other stuff. And, and they were talking about how they particularly, um, you know, caring, caring for their family, their, their immediate family had some needs, and looking over the fence, and their neighbour had some needs, and so they're also, like, serving on a team when we gathered on Sunday and blessing us all together. And I just said, so, so if I hear you right, that fills your tank and that energises you, you doing those things. And they stopped, and their face changed, and they said, oh, I love doing those things, but that doesn't fill my tank. Like, that's not the thing that fills my tank the most. I said, oh, well, so can I ask, what, what fills your tank? And they said, praying for spiritual breakthrough for people. That fills my tank. And you know when someone's expression completely changes, you're like, oh, it does. Like, and you know, they're like, Do you know what? Um, praying for spiritual breakthrough. I think we've got it up on the screen here. And I love babies. I love babies. I just want to hold babies and cuddle babies. And while I'm holding babies, I want to pray for them. And I want to pray for them and pray for their family. And I'm like, we're away. Like, we found the thing. Like, you know, it, like that was their faith sweet spot. You know, out of all the things that God was doing in their life, it's like they were just drawn to this. Like, if I could do one thing, I will, like, you know, in their life, they were happily serving in the church and serving us as a church family and doing these great things. But, but beneath that, there was just this one thing that was like, oh, wanting to bubble to the surface. And I love that because that, that faith for me is future focused. You know, I want to I wanna hug babies and I want to pray for them and their family. What does that say about faith? To me, it says, they're holding this baby. I believe that God hears me. God will respond to my prayer and God will move in power in the life of this baby and this family. Like, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's faith in action. We finished up our cuppa and I went away and I just thought, at a time where there's been lots of uncertainty in our lives, where people have been reevaluating, we've been reevaluating what we do and why we do it, our motives and how we um, how we can how we contribute to things, how we spend our time, what we value. I just went. That feels like a really good question to ask people, because in our church family, I'd love nothing more than to connect that person who loves praying for babies and loving on families with the family that needs their baby hugged and prayed for, right? I like, and, and then suddenly after a couple of conversations, I had this realisation 
there's a lot, that's a lot of cuppers I've got to do, like got to have to try and join some of those dots right. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a really simple question and I'm going to ask you to put it on the back of your paper. So get your pen out, get your paper out. If you haven't already scribbled on it and drawn on it, that's fine anyway. I just want to ask you this question now. In a moment, we're gonna, once you've written it down, we're going to collect them all and um, I'm going to just read through a couple of them as to, to share like an illustration. Now, I'm going to ask you to put your name on the sheet. I'm not going to say your name here, okay? I'm not, I'll repeat that. I'm not going to say your name right now. But one thing I would like to do is keep those because I believe that actually that's a great way forward for us as a church family where we go, actually... I'd love to use that as a bit of a simple tool of going, oh, if there's a person who has faith for this, is there a need in our, or an opportunity in our church family where I can bring those two things together? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So just to reiterate, I'm not going to use your name up the front. The only person that's going to see your name is me, okay? Hey, um, Josh, could we put these, this, this slide up, please? So this might help you out. What's your faith sweet spot? What's, what fills your tank? This is the language that I've been using. What energises you? You know, and in brackets there, like, what's the, what's the thing where pe- other people might recognise, like, oh, that's God in action through you? Maybe you came with someone in your family. They might be able to help you out with that, this, you know. And, and also, too, what's well-received by others? I was just thinking, like, sometimes I like to sing, but I'm not going to be on the worship team because that won't be well received by other people. Like, you know, what's the, what's the thing that really resonates with other people around you? They, they validate and they go, actually, I can see God at work through you. So maybe you've got one thing, maybe you've got two things. Stu, we're going to put on some tunes. Now, if, if nothing comes to mind, I don't know, just give it your best guess. Maybe you just want to take a moment and pray and go, God, actually, what, you know, invite God to help you answer this question, okay? You're not going to be graded on it. There is going to be no exam. Okay, just a couple of minutes. Thanks, Jim. All right, well, maybe as, as you wrap up, um, host team, if you could come around with the offering bags. Look, if nothing else, this is going to be the most inexpensive offering you have ever given coming into church, okay? A piece of paper and a pen, just chuck it in there. Go for your life. Thanks, Winsome. We can do that, pass those along. That'd be good. Feel free to chuck your pen in there too. Church is the most honest place, but I tell you what, pens disappear at an alarming rate. <laughs> Hey, while they're being collected, and um, you know, I just wanted to touch on how does how does our how does our faith shape where we're going as a congregation as part of One Hope Baptist Church? Like, you know, where to from here? It's I just I hope you feel the excitement of being. You know, it's pretty practical, but not having to wear a mask in church. You know, that's pretty good stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> a couple of years ago we would have thought that was absolutely nuts, but no, no, we'll take our win now. Like, anyway. Um, you know, as we move forward as a church to get a church family, there's a couple of, I know that there's questions that we have the opportunity to answer together that currently I don't have the answers to. But I would say faith, like, how does our, what does our faith say about these questions? How does our how faith inform these questions? One of those questions, I think, is what does it look like for us to be together on mission as a church family, as a church congregation? What does it look like for us to be on mission together when we are, even in this room, like I'm looking around and I know some people live like half an hour that way and some people live half an hour that way. Like we are coming from all points of the compass, coming together to worship as a church family. And I think, you know, 
what does it look like when we all don't live in the same suburb? You know, we're not the, maybe the church you grew up where it's like, oh, the mission field is literally outside our front door. Like, maybe it is. But I'm really looking forward to exploring that together as a church family. I was talking to a teacher who's part of our church who's down at our nearest high school there. And um, we've had opportunity to go in and run a brekkie program um, in that high school. And more than that, at a time when, you've probably heard me say this before, at a time when there seems to be uh, so many doors in society that are closing, uh, the door is closing to Christian influence or presence, here we are in the local high school being asked and participating in running a brekkie program, but essentially the door is open. We've got some ideas about how we'd like to do a leadership development program, um, working the way through the year levels at that high school, um, a high school that has enormous challenges. And talking to this teacher, he he simply said, because I said, "What, what would you want people here this morning to know? And he just said, I just want them to know that there's so many kids that just need some stability. Some opportun- an opportunity and someone to believe in them. I'm like, oh, we can, we can do that as a church family, hey? Like, we could do that. If we're like, oh, God, if you've opened that door, that's one we'd want to step through. Other, another question I don't have to, an answer to is like, you know, is there new initiatives that might be, God might present to us? You know, at our Barrable Hills campus, we've had playgroups for many, many years and it's been thriving. And then, you know, we're looking through the list and it's like, oh, we might have opportunity of people who wanted to be part of a playgroup and we've um, run mainly music for um, many years. And in a way, I look at that and I think, I think that's actually really established a strong foundation in the heart of our church to like, might now be the season, God, where we have an opportunity to launch playgroups here at our Moolap campus. And I mentioned that to a young parent who's part of our church, and they were just, straight away, they were like so excited. They were just like, oh, imagine that. Imagine that we get together and encourage each other in our faith as young parents. But more than that, Jono, how good is it that I could invite other fa- parents from my council-run, like, kids group, babies group, and they can come along as well, and they can hear about the gospel. I'm like, oh, that's faith. Like, their, their sweet spot came to the surface straight away. And I'm like, oh, like, how can we continue to release that passion and heart that we look beyond ourselves to our community? I think another question that I'm looking forward to answering together is how can we foster, continue to foster authenticity and genuine relationship together? Um, I think if we did the show of hands, like, the last couple of years have just gone, I, I, I don't think people... Like, there's something about the, oh, we're happy to be part of crowds, but we, more than anything, we want to be known and we want to know other people. Would that be true? A few nods of heads. I can remember a comment not, um, not too long ago um, from a person um, who, when talking about their own church, they're not part of One Hope. They just said, uh, like, I, I could hear what had been happening in their church, and I said, isn't that so exciting? And their response was really confusing to me because they said, oh, I think we've got enough people. I I don't think we need to grow anymore. And I was like, hmm, okay. Because that's that's not God's heart, is it? Like, God's heart is that all would be able to hear the truth of the gospel. And so I think that I would love nothing more than the challenge for us that we would need to face the tension of like, we are living out the gospel. People are hearing, hearing the gospel and responding to it and wanting to come into a church family. But how do we continue to have relationships that are authentic and genuine? 
and opportunities where people are known. Because don't, we don't feel known when there's hundreds and thousands of people. It's like going to the footy or another event. Like you don't go there to be known. But church is different. Actually, we're here to mutually encourage each other, and that requires that we know, you know, we might come together and worship with hundreds of people on a Sunday. Like um, pre-COVID, like we're probably 1,200 people across the life of our church. Like that, and that's a wonderful thing. But it's also a wonderful thing to get into smaller groups and be known and to pray together and for those few people in your life to know where you're at and be able to speak into you and to hold you accountable and all, all that kind of great stuff. It's, um, it's, it's not the structure. It's not to do with any structure. It's actually the relationships that hold a structure in place, isn't it? And I feel like there's heaps of hard work, um, you know, uh, if, if we choose to do it. Like, community, community is tough at the best of times, isn't it? Like, we're brought into a church family where there's people of different ages and stages and, you know, values in life. And, but here, our, our, the one thing we have in common is that Jesus has set us free and our faith that we have put in him. I just think about like the last couple of years have just, even the simplest of stuff, like pre-COVID, handshakes were easy. You know what you were getting, right? And then the next thing, lo and behold, you're like, oh, you're not allowed to handshake anymore. And so am I tapping elbows? Am I doing it? Am I grabbing you by the foot like a Monty Python skit? I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes I put up my elbow and I felt like we were a couple of these away from doing that kind of chicken dance thing. Anyway, and, and it's silly and it's, and it's simple, but how, how draining was stuff like that? Like, we just, oh, you know, we've had to, a pretty unique season of having to concentrate on things that we wouldn't otherwise have had to. And in the midst of that, like, I would say, you know, um, conversations that I've had the last little while during January and February, talking to people that have come back from annual leave, and I've said, how are you going? Like, do you feel refreshed? And almost to a person, they've said, I got away, but I don't feel like the tank is anywhere near full. Like, yeah, that's, that's the reality. And so we live with that reality as a church. Like, um, our energy levels can be quite low right now but also our expectation levels are quite high. And so there's a gap between those two things. So we have an expectation, but our energy to contribute to the outcome of those things is quite low. And so, you know, I've, I've, I've been asked a couple of times, like, oh, when are we going to have a, start having a cuppa after church? I'm like, as soon as we can. As soon as we can. And I know that's just about people. Like, that's just about, hey, I'm happy to have a turn once every three weeks for a couple of hours, and I'm happy to serve our church family in that way. That's, that's the answer to that. Like, you know, it's just us being mindful of each other and our capacity. Like, as a staff, we've, all the way through COVID, we've talked about what is, what's achievable and sustainable. And so you would see we've got our kids as part of our service because I didn't think it was wise to go back to our full kids program because that would have burnt some people out. And I'm not up for that. I don't want that. So what's achievable and sustainable? But also what's the best we have to offer, you know? Amy's great today. Like, what a blessing. Like, you know, and we got it. Yeah, go on, give her a clap. <laughs> Just note that down. John, I didn't get a clap for the kids' spot last week. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I keep coming back to this little quote that I found, which just said, Jesus is no less alive, less powerful, less available by his spirit, or less interested when things are tough oh, I need to put my faith in there. 
you know, let's tackle those challenges together. Let's be mindful of how each of us are going. Let's continue to live out the gospel wholeheartedly. Let's choose to live with a tension of our faith that says, how are we going to, like, I believe God would want us to continue to grow together. How are we going to do that? Let's not forget that we have faith. You know, I'll, I'll give you um, just a bit of an insight. Pre-COVID, um, we, were, we were probably about a month away from letting you all know we were going to go to two services because pre-COVID, um, there wasn't a, sp- a chair empty, right? And so we had extra chairs out there and kids running around, which absolutely love, wouldn't want it any other way. And, um, you know, that... Obviously, COVID changed that. We went from uh, one, one full service to no services in person. We all understand the challenges there. And, you know, j- just to give you an insight, though, my natural heart can feel like when we've come back from COVID, oh, we've got to get back there. Like, because that's pretty exciting. Like, and, and exciting, I say, not because there was just, you know, the room was full, but because God was doing something good. And we were see, seeing so many of you invite friends and family members along. And there was pe- people connecting through Alpha and exploring faith for the first time. There was people reconnecting with church after years away. And that speaks so much to your heart as a group of people, that people feel safe enough to come in and do that. And so my heart naturally goes, oh, what? Like, let's get back there. And I felt God challenging me. And also just knowing I don't want to do that, God. We don't want bigger and better. How about we just aim for richer and deeper in our faith? Let's aim for richer and deeper. And the fruit of that is the expansion of God's kingdom. It's both those things. Because I would love nothing more than to see students from the local high school see their lives transformed by the power of the gospel. And that backed up by a loving church family that just goes, we are going to provide you opportunity. We're going to believe the best of you. We're going to enter into your muck together. I'd love nothing more than going, oh, we have a play group that reaches out to families that, you know, just something better than what they're hearing at any other group. They're hearing about the power of the gospel and the love of Christ. We've got some sheets. Oh, okay, hang on. My wife, Ellie, she found a microphone, so your turn. All right, go. We've just got a couple of minutes, so I was about to wrap up pretty briefly. Um, my job was hang on. To... I don't really need a microphone. I know you could all hear me if I hollered. Yep. Yeah, I'll do it. We're not at home now. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> um, so my job was to collect it and pick out some things that we felt like were highlights, but I'll be honest, it's been emotional. Um, and I, it's been so encouraging to read what everybody actually just feels passionate about. Um, especially when we've been so disconnected, you just lose touch with where people are at. And it's so easy to be discouraged. Like, I just can't believe it. So every one of these needs to be read. Sorry. <laughs> now. Okay. No, I mean... The, they, they will be read. The they theme, will be read. The, theme, the themes are people and conversations and sharing faith. Um, I have picked a few. Um, I love how I said pick two or three and you've come back with about 12. That's good. Could that's have good. been more. Yeah, could um, have been more. 
Okay. So they were all there, honey, and um, this okay. is the beautiful church that you lead. So. Great people. All right. Thank you. Oh, you take the... Oh, no, actually, I'll, I'll take the mic. Yeah, that's all right. No, no, I'll take it. That's all right. I wasn't taking it to take it off you. I was taking it to turn it off, which is probably one of the same. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, can I just grab a tissue from under there, Colin? Thanks. Yeah, thanks. I'm less emotional than my wife, and I'm also COVID-free, so don't go... Thanks. Okay. While I read a couple of these, team, what? Actually, hold on a second. That's all right. I said I wouldn't mention names, and so I hold to that. Oh, this one's great. I want to get baptized and teach others about God. Mm. I enjoy being able to help other people. I'm passionate about connecting with people our age and in the same area of life, experiencing God through others and through their stories. I feel passionate about opening up our home to share the love of God with other people. I'm passionate about guiding people towards Jesus. I love to explain the Bible. I just want to help people. I just want to put other people first. I just feel called to prayer. I wonder if we were to go, I have no doubt that if we were to go through all of these this morning, like we would be so encouraged and I would hope we would, you know, the real, even just sharing those couple there, the realisation of how much we need each other. That even in moments where our faith feels weak, that together God does something incredible where he makes us strong and he makes us whole. That we can look forward to a future because God is our salvation and with faith we can take hold of that gift wholeheartedly and that God would lead, God would lead us forward. Without a doubt, we can trust that God will continue to lead us forward and he will be faithful. We started our service by, you know, one of the songs that we sung. Uh, I'm not here for blessing. I'm not looking for something in this God. I just want you. I just want you. And that is faith. I'm going to invite the team to come up and hopefully you will have received a, um, the two-in-one communion elements there. And I invite you to, um, would you um, have that out ready? We're going to share communion together. I'll just pass you this, hun. Thanks. We're going to share communion together and um, great opportunity not only for us to reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus, but also pray and ask in faith and say, God, would you come and fill me afresh with your spirit? My faith is only available through the, through the, through the broken body and blood of Jesus that sets me free. And we can celebrate that this morning. And so I'd just like to share a brief story to wrap up, which is um, a little while ago, I was talking to a lady who is part of our church family. And she was, re- we actually, we started talking about faith. And, and she said, oh, I had this moment years and years ago where I was paying off my home. 
and I was on a pension and it was like, I don't know what the right term is, like she said government housing and so I was paying off my little home and I got to the end and I'd paid it off completely. And then I received a letter in the mail and it said, oh, even though you've paid it off, you've got to pay something for having paid it off. And so there was a few hundred dollars where she was like, oh man, and she had sunk in everything. And it was like, not only the kind of exhaustion of like, I've done it, but also the, like the deflatedness of like, oh, that's hard. But more so, where was the money going to come from? And she's like, I'm on a pension. I'd sunk everything in that last little bit to pay it off. And so anyway, she gathered with a couple of people from church, didn't tell them the details, just said, can you pray into this situation? Can you pray into this situation? Pray, nothing changes, come back to church the next week. Someone after the service, oh, I've got this envelope for you. Someone asked me to pass it on to you. Like, I I know nothing about this. And here it is. Anyway, finds a discreet place, opens up this envelope, hasn't told anyone exact amount that she had to pay in this that was due. And then she says, oh, Jono, I turned into a detective. I'm like, who gave me this money? Who knew about it? How did they find out about it? And she just said, I just went on a mission. And she said, but then I stopped. I stopped and I realised that when it comes to an amazing gift... It's not about more than inquiring and wondering and wanting to do the detective work. She said, I knew I was just being presented with an opportunity to be blessed by it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. So as we share communion, this morning I encourage you and invite you, we don't have to try and understand the complexities of this gift that Jesus has given us. This is our opportunity to be blessed by it and to allow our faith to grow richer and deeper. I'm going to invite you to stand, take communion in your own time, and then we're going to sing together. So would you please stand? Thanks, Jess.